You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new edition of Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. I am Jeff Ellis, writer at 24-7 Sports, host of this podcast. I have been working quite in depth on an Indians top 11 prospects for now. I'm currently in the midst of writing up the ninth player. My initial list was about 35 players deep. I kind of put the next nine guys in no particular order after that top 11. Uh, it's going to be different because I'm me and I have a heavy statistical bend and I, I also don't get wrapped up on like how much money a guy signed for. Like I don't care if someone was a $3 million Latin American player if they've not been hyperproductive in low ball or if they're stuck in Arizona. And I've explained my thought process on that, which is it's a roll of the dice um, at the best case with any of those players. But absolute best case, it's roll of the dice. So that will be coming out next week. Um, hopefully. It's, uh, let me put it this way, when I'd gotten through the eighth player on the list, I was already at 2,700 words. It's, it's going to be a behemoth. Um, because my background in the Indians is such that uh, I'm kind of writing uh, as in-depth a top 11 prospects as you will find on the web this year when it comes to Cleveland Indians. I don't think you'll find anyone who's going to go deeper and longer than I am on this one and go ahead and make all your puns. So we've talked about um, kind of going through this year and looking at teams and seeing what teams could make sense and what could match up for the Indians to consider trades, um, basically, was what it gets down to for next season. So I said, after doing all the Yankees stuff, that we'd start out uh, start out west in the uh, the National League. So let's just start at the bottom feeders of the NL West. And it's not, if you were just, you know, peripherally paying attention at home, you, you I mean, like me, I kind of, just remember, you know, I wouldn't think it'd be the Giants. Even though I knew they had had been competing, you know, enough that they didn't sell off all their core pieces, it, it kind of struck me. And then they're like, oh, well, Arizona traded away, you know, Granke and uh, Goldschmidt and how, but then I knew, like, they were still in the chase. And you know, two years ago, Colorado was a playoff team. It was the Padres who had went out and added Manny Machado. So what went wrong for the Padres this year? Well, a lot of things. Uh, starting pitching was exceedingly mediocre. Um, Chris Paddock was quite good, and then after that, eh. I mean, it was, you know, Lucchese and Lauer are like fifth, four fives. Uh, Dylas and Lamette arguably was their second best starter um, this year. I mean, what went right was Chris Paddock. After him, man, I don't, I don't know. And, like, Matt Strom started out really good out of the pen, but it, when they traded him as a starter, it didn't go particularly well either. So they have all these arms, and they're just going to keep trying them out. You know, they gave up on Logan Allen. He went to the Indians, and there'll be other guys. But, uh, yeah, there uh, Michael Baez comes to mind. You know, Louis Patino is getting near. I'm trying to think some of the, you know, Mackenzie Gore is still a bit off. But that's their thing. You know, that's why they wanted to get Bauer back in the day the talk was before the season where that they were connected to some of the bigger name 
um, pitchers on the trading block. And I wouldn't be surprised if they stick to that approach, if we hear them connected to some teams that maybe have some bigger name pitchers to trade. Now, the Indians don't have those big name pitchers at this point because Kluber is hurt. I mean, if he had been healthy, maybe they'd have that right now, though I don't know if they'd really be shopping him right now if he had not gotten himself hurt. But at the same time, I mean, that's... The Padres seem set to kind of take that Astros model, which is draft a lot of bats, develop those bats. Though, though in fairness, the Padres have, have drafted more uh, pitchers than hitters, but they've developed a lot of a lot more hitters than pitchers. And to then go out and use that depth that you have to trade for arms, which is, you know, you look at the Astros, their top three pitchers were all acquired via trades. And that's something that the Padres are going to probably have to look into this year. They're going to have to start committing some of that war chest um, to some assets. On the other side of things, it's, you know, their bullpen... Yates was good. was very good. Um, Craig Stamen's a free agent to be was solid. When they called up Andres Munoz, he was a really interesting arm. Kind of their version of Karen Chalk. We'll see how that works out. They could use some more depth in that pen, that is for sure. And then they're, offensively, they weren't grand. Um, Fernando Tatis was amazing. Uh, he's the future of baseball. Manny Machado was, was good. He was not world-bending. Um, I think in a lot of respects, he was kind of disappointing. You go out and you get a guy who's you know, 26, 27, prime, give him all that money, and he has an OPS under 800. Um, he hits 32 home runs, but it's a limited profile. It's kind of, I think it's a bit disappointing. Uh, Hunter Renfro was a little above average in OPS plus and Fran Mel Reyes was arguably the number two hitter on their team before they traded him. Uh, Austin Hedges was an out and out disaster. He can still defend, but man, he just, he can't hit major league, um, can't hit major league pitching. They gave all that money to Hosmer and they're stuck with him and it was a nonsensical addition at the time and it just continues to look worse and worse. Kinsler, I mean, they probably don't pick up his option hope that some of those, some like Ty France can maybe step up. Uh, I mean, Ty France was arguably better than Kinsler this year. Uh, Luis Arreas really hasn't been able to to jump that gap for them like expected. Greg Garcia was okay as a, as a filler type player. Rest of that team, uh, Will Myers is another disaster. I read, I think it was Keith Law said he could be a non-tender candidate. I would believe that. Um, I mean, but I He's under contract, so maybe non-tender wasn't the word that he could be a candidate to just get straight cut. Um, he's not good. He's a below-average bat. It's another... The biggest knock one can make on the front office in San Diego is the horrible way they've committed money. Um, going out and trading for Will Myers when Will Myers really wasn't good. I mean, Will Myers kind of had that all-star year peak with them, but... He's been one of those guys that's been pretty consistently overrated throughout his career, and now he's just... Okay, so in 2020, 2021, 2022, he's making $22.5 million. If you think that Will Myers is worth $22.5 million, um, you're going to have issues. And then a $1 million buyout in 2023, they're stuck with him. He is a sunk cost. Same deal with Hosmer. And when you combine those two and then you add in Machado, I think the Machado deal will end up being okay. But, man, that is a lot of money for not a lot of turnout. Uh, Manuel Mauergo finally started to look like he put it together. And then he died uh, figuratively 
over the last few months. Franchi Cordero was supposed to be the guy kind of out there, and he couldn't put it together. Yeah, there's... They have all these names, and they have all these prospects, but not a lot of guys have started putting it together for them, and that's that's where they are. They're kind of stuck in an in-between land. And the problem with their in-between land is... I mean, right now, um, a quick look up I found said that their payroll was 24th highest at $63 million. The reason it's so low is they have so many guys who are pre-arbitration. This is a roster that's going to get very expensive very quickly. A lot of these guys are going to start getting paid. And then you already have, you know, those base players like Myers, like um, Machado, like Hosmer. They're making a ton of money. And very soon, this is going to become one of the top five payrolls in baseball unless something is done. And that also puts them in a situation they're almost being set up to fail um just by the monetary situation and speaking of monetary situations the postseason is brought to you by vivid seats and they've been one of our great sponsors they took the idea of buying your tickets and added a fun new wrinkle with a loyalty rewards program the more you buy the higher you get to go the better the deals you'll get and if you're going to buy a ticket to anything now you want to be using Vivid Seats because we have this promo code for you. So you're going to go download the app, Vivid Seats, and use the promo code POSTSEASON. That shows them that the MLB side of things on Locked On sent you there. You're going to buy your tickets anyways. This code will save you up to 100 bucks. So you might as well go use Vivid Seats, save yourself some money, and start building up those reward points. Because once you start building up those reward points, you're going to want to keep going back to Vivid Seats. So remember, download the app, use the promo code POSTSEASON, do it for yourself. Save yourself a few bucks. Our other sponsor is one of our oldest and dearest. That is BlueChew.com, the little blue pill, which has all the active ingredients as the big names, but since it's chewable, it allows you to do what you want to do quicker. There have been all these scandals this year about uh, uh, the use of uh, helping pills uh, for major league players when from gas stations and such. Don't do that. That led to suspensions. Instead, go over to Blue Chew, use the promo code MLB. Again, it shows you, them that uh, you're listening to our great MLB podcast network. And they're going to send you a free sample. They're, they believe so much in their product, they're giving it away for free. You have to pay the 5 bucks for shipping. Small cost to pay to see what all the hype's about. See why they believe in a product so much that they're willing to give it away for free, knowing you'll come back for more. That is BlueChew.com, using that promo code MLB. Try it out. See what all the hype's about. See why this is a product that they believe so much that they think the first time you try it, you're going to keep going back and using it again and again. So the Padres, I think, are a disappointment. It was a disappointing season for them. Um, and at some point, you you have to start translating. I mean, the minor leagues are phenomenal. And they have these phenomenal minor leagues, but who has transcended outside of Tatis? You know, Arias, we talked about the disappointment. Margot has been a bit of a disappointment. Uh, Hunter Renfro was there before they got it, and Josh Naylor didn't really jump with his given opportunity. Francisco Mejia was about league average. Um, he'll probably get a chance to start for them next year. Uh, I don't know if that's disappointing or not, but I feel like his stat line this year is very much kind of what I expect from him going forward. Uh, maybe the batting average a bit higher. But you look through that, it's like, well... The uh, Casey Lauer Paddock was the guy He stepped forward this year Quantrell I mean he had some Nice moments in the second half But You know Baez had 24 games Out of the pen He was a He was It's a mixed bag You know Let's, let's Be honest The strikeout rate But the walk rate The home run rate In that park 
and you can keep going down. You know, they gave away Logan Allen and the the deal with the Indians because they just, like I said, he had kind of dropped, I think, in their own eyes. And, yeah, it's... The prospects haven't translated. And that's kind of the end story with the Padres. So, you know, what would work for a deal? Well, I think the Indians, if they make a deal, should be looking at this uh, young shortstop uh, who just won the Texas Batting League, Avon Castillo. Uh, some pretty impressive numbers down there this year. You know, 313, uh, 461 uh, slugging, 347 on base. I, I'm kidding. For those who don't know Avon Castillo, um, spent a lot of time in the. He came up in the Cleveland Indians organization and was with them through 2017. I saw him get absolutely robbed of a uh, a home run. He didn't. I don't think he had home run that year. He had an inside the park home run and he hit one out of the park and then got a bad call against him and they took it away. And we felt just awful for this guy. So I was very happy as I was going through the Padres system to see to look at him. He's just 24 years of age. He was in Double A, and for him to win the Texas League batting crown, good on him. He was always a nice, quiet guy. Never heard a negative thing. So I just want to take a moment to uh, to blow up Avon Castilla. I don't really think he has a trade value, but congrats. It's always great to see someone like that uh, who is successful and it comes around and gets that opportunity. So how would the Indians and the Padres match up? Long story short, I don't see it. Um, Hunter Renfro, who I mentioned, could be interesting as an outfielder, except for he completely fell apart. Last 60 games, I mean, he was terrible. Um, 161, 263, 299 slash line. Like, he was awful. 30-plus home runs, excellent defender, but it, the wheels came off for him. Um, Franchi Cordero is kind of their Bradley Zimmer. Loud tools, but can't stay healthy. Uh, Pitching-wise, I think Eric Lauer maybe would be interesting. I don't know, like, with the Indians, what you do. Maybe you try to make him just a reliever. That could be his role going forward. You can never have enough lefties. But as the Padres continue to move guys up, Lauer was kind of the weakest of those uh, more experienced arms in terms of production. I've always been intrigued by Luis Urias. Taylor Blake Ward and I were very high on him a few years ago. And... Man, the past year and a half have not been kind to him. I don't know what's going on. Uh, San Diego could use a second baseman, but his name always seems to come up. Um, So, I don't know. Josh Naylor, another name I talked about, he's kind of blocked for them. I don't know when you have Will Myers and Eric Hosmer, how are you going to play Josh Naylor? Uh, But again, he was not even an average bat when given an opportunity. What the Padres have to do is kind of take all of these pieces and do exactly what they did in the Bauer deal, which is they took a few pieces, packaged them together, and traded for one high-ceiling piece. They have a million pieces, but outside of Tatis and Mackenzie Gore, none of them I really view as those like potential centerpiece talents. Um, so yes, even though they got Taylor Trammell, I'm not going to call them a centerpiece talent, but they packaged some pieces to get a better piece, and that's, that's what they kind of need to do. Um... I just can't see in their current state how they can compete with the rest of the division. Um, and I want to like the Padres. I like the pieces. Uh, it's a fantastic fan base. Uh, our old friends at Mad Friars, uh, if you want to read about the Padres, I would recommend them highly. They've always been really kind to us over the years as, as a writer. Um, worked with them at Scout. They talk about know the Padres better than anyone. 
I mean, I've always, going back to like the 80s, there was something about the Padres when I played my RBI baseball. I'd pick them out all the time to play as them. Uh, I'd like to see the Padres do well. I, they're one of my National League teams, like like the Mets and the Brewers that I've always kind of pulled for as, a, as NL squads. But I just don't see it at this point. I mean, the core piece with, uh, with Paddock, Machado, uh, and Tatis are really strong. And now they have to continue to expand out from there. The Indians just don't seem like a natural fit. I don't love the outfield depth. You definitely don't want to go out and trade for a Will Myers if you're the Cleveland Indians. Um, and giving up Fran Mel Reyes, it just, you, you got Renfro, you got Margot. I don't know if they even, you, you know, Will Myers and left. Like, that's their outfield. That's not particularly strong. Infield depth, we've talked about, they kind of have a hole at second base because Zarias hasn't stepped up and they don't have someone who's naturally going to step in. Um, when you got Tatis and Machado, it's all going to be all right, though. Uh, and then someone like Josh Naylor, it's like if you're going to go out and try to get that first base DH type of prospect and put Reyes in center, go for Dom Smith. Like I'd much rather go for him than go for Naylor, um, even though you do have his brother in system, so that's always kind of fun. But, I mean, I, I think he's... I don't think he's that interesting of a prospect. So... The Indians and the Padres, I'm saying no. I don't see it. I don't see a natural fit. Um, if anything were to come, it would be bullpen-related. Um, there was talk last year that they would consider moving Kirby Yates. Uh, Kirby Yates was, one could make a case, the best closer in baseball last year. Strikeout rate of 15. Walk rate under 2. Home run rate 0.3. I mean, that is just bonkers. He was exceptional. And the Indians had him, by the way, and um, I don't think he ever actually pitched for the Indians, but it was one of those, like, they added him to their 40-man, and then he was taken off the 40-man before it was during an offseason. Uh, added to the purchased but from the Tampa Bay Rays on November 25th, 2015. I remember that. I was walking around Easton Mall after seeing Creed when they added him, and there was a lot of smart people, I want to say, like, Kevin Dean, who were like, oh, this is an interesting guy. And then by January of 2016, the, he was purchased by the Yankees from the Indians when the uh, the Indians uh, designated him for assignment. Now, Yates is older. He is, let's see, let me get his exact age. He's going to be 33 in March. He has one year left on his contract. He's going to be a pretty pricey free agent in, in uh, 2021. So I don't know what the market's like. And undoubtedly, the value is... Um, going to take a bit of a hit when he, uh, if they don't trade him before the season, just because then he's a strict rental. The relievers always tend to hold decent value. I don't know what would make too much sense. I mean, he's obviously the guy that would make the most sense. Because if you're San Diego and you're like, we're still a few years out, we have this phenomenal closer, let's move him now at peak value. And if you're the Indians, they're like, well, we can go and get this phenomenal closer and we can rent him for a year. And then at the end of the year, we can offer him arbitration. And when he goes elsewhere, we get a draft pick back. So that would be the thought process on both teams because he made 3.6. So he'll get a decent raise. It's not going to be a huge raise, though, because uh, his valuation was, you know, he had, he made 3.6 last year. The one concern with him is going to be, on top of the age, is he was extremely home run prone before he went to San Diego. And then he goes to San Diego and it slowly decreases. Now, he could always miss bats, but he's definitely become a much better pitcher. His walk rate has dropped as well, so I wouldn't be as concerned about that. So, this is really the only piece that makes any type of sense. What would make sense for the Indians? And it'd have to be something of value to get them to move the needle. 
let's look deeper. And basically after a deep dive in this and looking through, Padres need a left-handed outfielder, the Indians need an outfielder. The Padres want a front-of-the-line starter, the Indians don't really have a front-of-the-line starter that they would be willing to move. You know, you're not going to involve Clevenger and Bieber in discussion for um, Kirby Yates. Uh, the a second baseman. The Indians could too. Uh, this is part of the reason why I didn't think they were great trade partners to begin with. Basically, the best hope for the Indians would be some kind of deal where they ship prospects to the Padres and then the like a three-teamer like they were involved in last time. Now, the Padres and the Indians apparently have great communication. As the last two years, they have made pretty big trades between Brad Hand for Mejia and then the deal for uh, where they were both involved in the Bauer deal. So maybe, especially if San Diego is struggling um, come July, I would... Keep your eyes peeled for Kirby Yates. I just don't know. Then the cost could really have dropped. Just, um, But it's still going to be somewhat pricey. I mean, it could be a case where if he's pitching better, like someone like Tristan McKenzie, who's down the list at this point, but used to be a top prospect, could be a, a name to watch. In the offseason, I just can't see a match. Even though I said this is the one player that makes sense, like it would have to be some kind of theoretical three-teamer where the Indians send them some prospects. They package some of the prospects with maybe some other players and try to chase a Mookie Betts, a George Springer, um, someone of that talent level. That whole idea I talked about earlier, they need to take all of these BCs and trade like four BCs for an A. Um, but the problem with Betts is rental. Same problem it is with, with Yates. And it's finding a player that actually makes sense for the Padres. I wish the Padres well. Uh, I'd love to see them in first place in the year. I will not lie. I like most teams in that conference, to be honest. I mean, I can't root for the Dodgers, but I, I love how they run. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. I saw we had some new reviews on iTunes this month, so thank you again very much. That is so awesome that you're continuing to rate and review, download, and tell a friend. And until tomorrow, go Tribe.